Georgia's DBHDD is warning all Georgians that half of all opioid deaths happen at home when people take an oxy or a perk with a glass of alcohol for stress or to sleep. Learn more about protecting families from opioid overdoses at opioidresponse.info. If you like hearing the news from around the state here on Georgia Today, you'll probably like hearing how Georgia's agriculture economy feeds the country and the world on a fork in the road. I'm David Zelsky, and on the Fork in the Road podcast, we feature stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Find it online at gpb.org podcast or download it on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Monday, December 25th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, we'll look back at some of the stories you might have missed during the past year. Sea turtles in Georgia had a really good year. Macon will soon be the home to a health care center specifically for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what do yearbooks look like at a school for the blind? These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. As we wrap up 2023, we're bringing you some of our most noteworthy stories from the past year. And the first of those, the city of Macon will be the home to a one-of-a-kind center for people with intellectual disabilities. GPB's Sophie Gratis has that story. Georgia's State Department that oversees mental health services is partnering with a Macon-based provider to open a health care center for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Leaders say it's the first of its kind in the country. Over $7 million from the state is funding the construction of a 16-bed crisis unit in Macon for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, or IDD. The center will be run by Macon's River Edge Behavioral Health. Commissioner of the Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities, Kevin Tanner, says too often people with IDD going through a behavioral health crisis get stuck in emergency rooms without proper care. That's not the proper place for them. They need to be somewhere they can have the right treatment and the people who understand how to treat them properly. Um, This facility is going to be one of a kind. It's going to be the first of its kind, and I think it's going to become a national model. Tanner says the center will also offer inpatient and outpatient services and be a temporary stop on a longer road toward permanent housing and care. For GPB News, I'm Sophie Gratis in Macon. Sea turtles enjoyed a much more successful year than expected here in Georgia. GPB's Benjamin Payne filed this story back in early November. Sea turtle hatching season in Georgia officially ended Tuesday, capping a banner year for the threatened species. About 160,000 hatchlings emerged across the beaches of coastal Georgia through October. Georgia Sea Turtle Center research manager David Zylo is pleasantly surprised. He had been expecting a lower number since last year was a high point after which many sea turtles take the next few years off. We're seeing about a 3 to 4% increase in nesting each year. And it just shows to me that dedicated long-term conservation and management actions can pay off. We're not approaching historic levels yet. We likely won't for another 15 or 20 years, according to some demographic models. But it's a sign that we're on the road to recovery. On Jekyll Island, where the Georgia Sea Turtle Center is located, three sea turtle moms returned unexpectedly after nesting just last year. Their names, Rogue, Justice, and Dosakis. For GPB News, I'm Benjamin Payne. Rock music fans of color have been looking for more diversity on stage. 
Punk Black is an organization founded to highlight people of color in the rock music scene, and they're taking that mission further with a new music label. GPB's Amanda Andrews brings us this audio postcard featuring members of Punk Black Records' newly signed bands, each made up of rock musicians who are also people of color from the South. I was always kind of ostracized, like, oh, you're trying to be white, you know, why are you listening to that white people's music? And I always wore all black and all that, so it just feels nice to just kind of be, you know, as I've always been, but it's just the right timing now. My name is Aline, and I'm the lead singer of The Wreck. Like, really, we're mostly only allowed to listen to gospel in my younger years. It took me, like, getting fired from my, like, kind of racist boss that I like went home one day and I just started jamming to these rock instrumentals and I started screaming for, for the first time. I've been playing in the scene since 2005 and I've seen how it all changed from 2005 to now. Well, my name is Russell Denny, the drummer for The Rack. When me and Vaughn was playing guitar in front of Big Lots, everybody always called us and was like, hey, why are you guys playing rock music? I was like, because we want to. <laughs> I am Vaughn Phoenix from Punk Black and Howling Star. For Punk Black, I would be the president, although I consider myself more of the architect. And for Howling Star, I am the lead guitarist and the person who speaks the most. Uh, the sounds we go for Punk Black records just stem from people just being dope. Just because we, we love so many different types of rock music, Howling Star is more, I would say we're more experimental funk rock. Like, he just did La Muerte is more, it's sort of like punk alternative. The rock has like a lot of multiple sounds. I would just like identify them as just rock. Not to just like say like, oh, they only do rock, but they just do all the genres that are encompassing rock. <laughs> My name is Carlos Laquanas, and I'm the bass player for The Rap. We're trying to get it to the point to where it's the full-time job and we don't have to work no more. That's because it is our job. It's just we have to do other stuff to pay the bill, but this is our, this is our occupation. This is our profession. With representation, people treat you slightly different. They treat you a little better than when you're coming unrepresented. So that's been uh, the main thing so far is all level gigs still even climbing up. It's hard to fake rock. It's one of those genres where so many people that's in the crowd play guitar, bass, drum, or sing. So it's one of those type places where, you know, if you're really kicking it live, people appreciate it. I want the audience to feel like they are watching a classic rock band, like they've seen Bon Jovi or Kiss or some crazy favorite of their own. You know, I want to be their new favorite. Carson Garrett, a 21-year-old Georgia Tech student, experienced a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity when he joined the cast of Survivor. GPB Sarah Callis has more. Garrett says he comes from the, quote, biggest community of Survivor fans in his home city of Rome, Georgia. He credits his community and problem-solving skills for supporting him throughout the competition. I was just really proud of myself for, you know, putting myself as an introvert on this game built on social relationships and excelling. And so um, uh, it was pretty intimidating at first, but as I got into the groove, I was, I felt very comfortable. Garrett gained 30 pounds in preparation for the show and said he's adjusted to his normal life after the game. He is entering his fourth year as an engineering student and is interning at NASA in Houston. 
For GPB News, I'm Sarah Callis. Back in May, GPB's Grant Blankenship brought us this story of how Mercer University engineering students have been using technology to create yearbooks for the Georgia Academy for the Blind in Macon. Yearbooks and yearbook photos are a huge part of how we remember our school years. But for visually impaired students, capturing the physical essence of friends is a challenge. Now, modern technology is helping to meet the need. When Daquan Brown was handed his yearbook, he could hardly believe it. Your head is right here. Mm This one's yours. You can just touch it with your hand. That's your face. (laughs) I get a kid there? Yeah, it's for you. Oh, yeah, factual. Yeah. I'm talking about the whole thing. What he held was a box about two feet by two feet with 11 little heads mounted inside, one for him and each of the other seniors at the Georgia Academy for the Blind in Macon. I don't like bobbleheads, but it's like myself. And Daquan says as bobbleheads go, these are good. It, It looked like me. That's crazy. Like, it's me. This is the sixth year Mercer University engineering students like Katie Puckett have been creating these 3D yearbooks. You have a handheld 3D scanner. We go around their faces to like get the model and then we use a program. The model is printed in plastic that looks like lightly ridged marble busts that could fit in your hand. Names are printed in braille underneath. A graze of fingers across a forehead helps Shayla Hampton find her likeness. Yeah, I could tell this one's me because of my hair. She says she's not sure what she's going to do with this yearbook yet, but... Knowing my mother, she's probably going to hang it up on a wall. Proud moms can be like that. For GPB News, I'm Grant Blankenship in Macon. And that's it for this edition of Georgia Today. If you want to learn more about these stories, visit gpb.org news. And remember to subscribe to this podcast. That way it will pop up automatically in your podcast feed tomorrow. If you've got feedback or a story idea, we would love to hear from you. Email us. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.